Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. All right, race fans, let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only, racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona, Talladega. No race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. Welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show, everyone. And also got Kyle. Welcome, Kyle. Hey, Rowdy. Another Thursday night of the Rowdy Maglite Show, and uh, we got another big show planned tonight. Absolutely, Kyle. Uh, first, we've got Caden Honeycutter that's coming on. He's got a uh, six, start off with six rides uh, in the truck series, Kyle. Been following uh, Caden a long time. Glad to see him uh, start off at Daytona right off the bat, uh, Kyle. He ran really our, good in the next, Phoenix truck race. He did, Kyle. Yes, he did, Kyle. He sure, he sure did. Sorry. But our next guest also calling in is, uh, uh, well, he's doing trucks and ARCA. So, and also uh, chap car. And we're going to get him to talk a little bit about the chap car, too. But, uh, Kyle, also we did a couple interviews earlier in the week with uh, Gus Dean and uh, Brad Perez back on the show. Uh, Brad was over at the Rolex 24, and Gus is getting ready with Venture Radio Motors to hit the Daytona 500, or Daytona Speedweeks, getting ready for the Daytona 500, which they actually raced the doubleheader with Xfinity on Saturday before the Sunday race. Great weekend of speed. The Arkham Menard Series race now on Saturday before the NASCAR Xfinity Series race, uh, done a couple of years ago. Um, when they shortened up speed weeks, so uh, ARCA race is no longer on a weekend before. It's now the day before the Daytona 500. So uh, had some news come out today, too. Connor Mosack, who we've had on, on the show a few times, uh, going to be running three Xfinity races with Joe Gibbs Racing in the number 19 car. Uh, it's going to be Chicago Street Course, Pocono, and Road America. Also, six ARCA races officially announced. He did tell us already. But um going to be Daytona, Michigan, both Kansas races, Charlotte, and Pocono. So uh, that's when you'll see Connor Mosack, the number 18 Arkham Menard Series car for Joe Gibbs Racing. So uh, kind of, you know, some news to add to, you know, three more races to add to his schedule. He's now at 23. And uh, Rowdy, um, you know, looking forward to having Caden on tonight. I'm really interested to see how his deal uh, with Roper Racing came about. Um, Corey Roper hasn't really been running the whole schedule. Um, I, think, I think he ran it in 2021. Uh, almost one Daytona, but it didn't you know, ran most of the year. So um, interested to see how the 04 does back on the racetrack. You know, so close you were there, Rowdy. So close in 2021 uh, to winning that race. Not a sponsor on that truck, Rowdy. That's something that I I, I always tell people. Uh, blank truck it was. So um, unsponsored truck, almost winning at Daytona. Really strong run for Corey Roper, and um, looking forward to having Caden on here in a few minutes. 
Kyle, uh, Caden's one of those guys, young young guys that we've uh, I've actually been around to see him evolve into. Hopefully, this is just uh, first. Well, another step. He's on he's on the weekend now with a uh, NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. That's that's hard. That's, I've tried to practice that today, Kyle, because that's something new we've been thrown into. Instead of the uh, Camper Moral, it's the Craftsman Truck Series. Yeah, Rowdy, back to basics. Uh, you know, I know, I know. I just wanted to say, you and I have been just killing it with guests lately. Um, you know, having Gustine on earlier in the week, uh, Tuesday night at seven Eastern, and then uh, having Brad Perez on Wednesday afternoon. I uh, will definitely replay both of them, and uh, just a lot going on. You know, racing season coming in full gear now. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been appreciative of all our guests that have been on, and uh, just a lot of things. You know, Speed Week's coming up. Uh, you're at the Rolex 24, and you know we got the Clash this weekend. So there's just there's just a lot going on, yeah, a lot of racing going on, and interested to see how the Clash is going to turn out again and how the second year goes. Uh, luckily, Rowdy, the uh, the green flag is until eight o'clock Eastern for the feature, so that's good Sunday night. Um, a little, little little later than it was last year, so. Uh, yeah, it's been a been a good good ride so far, Rowdy. Uh, Daytona's on the horizon here, and uh, a lot of rides and and seats being announced. And uh, you know, I, I wonder. I'm still wondering how many ARCA cars we're going to get for the Daytona ARCA 200. Uh, you know, still wondering how many are going to show up. And uh, you know, uh, we've had some of our guests who are going to be on in that race, and uh, that's all live at 1:30 Eastern on FS1 on Saturday, February 18th. So. Uh, looking forward to that, Rowdy, and, uh, you know, can anybody stop the Venerini cars? That's the big question. Oh, they've been on it, uh, Kyle, that's for sure. They know how to get into victory lane at Daytona. Uh, Kevin Reed, Jr., uh, sitting on top of the box, and uh, I, I would imagine if he had any kind of doubts, he's got a guy that he can kind of whisper and ask what, what's next, which I, I – He's done really well. Looking forward to it, uh, Kyle. That's going to be exciting, man. Um, that ARCA race. And then you throw in the uh, Xfinity race right after that. They just give you time to stretch your legs, go to the bathroom, get ready for the next round. And uh, that'll be the, uh, the Xfinity series. That's sponsored. Uh, I think that's the beef. What's for, for dinner? 300. That's correct. All right, Rowdy, and uh, I think we have our our first guest on the line right now. All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome back to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Caden Honeycutt, driver of, actually he's going to be in the old Ford Ford for Roper Racing. Is that right, Caden? This isn't Caden. This is Kyle Lockrow. I was calling in. Okay. Okay, Kyle, I'm sorry. Uh, Kyle, we'll just start with you, my man. Uh, all right, everyone. First time Kyle in to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Kyle Locker. Welcome, Kyle. Hi, Rowdy. Hi, everybody um, that's tuning in tonight. Thank you guys so much for letting me come on and be a part of the show. Well, Kyle, I had just texted Caden just as I hit that and give somebody time to call right back, and then your number showed up. Uh, Kyle, 
you've raced. You're going to be in the Truck Series this year. Is that correct? In the Craftsman Truck Series, a few races. That's our plan. We're planning to be with Young's Motorsports in the 20 truck for an undetermined number of races. There should be an official announcement coming out after the Daytona Speed Weeks events, and we're still finalizing all our details, but our goal is to be in the Craftsman Truck Series competition for 2023. Uh, you drove some Marco. Was that with Fast Track? That was. That was with uh, Andy Hillenberg's team um andy's been very very good to me and the opportunity to race for him at kansas and make my debut and just even do some spotting when i wasn't in the seat it, it's been a great way andy really is a phenomenal teacher that's what what's it like being around andy hillenberg andy is a very busy guy i commend him he's had so much success in this industry and he when you can get him his full and undivided attention, which is hard because Andy's pulled in so many different directions, he takes the time to teach you and really wants you to succeed. He doesn't want to just put you out there and you just kind of shoot from the hip. Andy guides you and he coaches you. He's very good on the radio. He definitely helped mold me for the time I was with his organization. So uh, you started this kind of at a young age. Didn't you, Kyle? Well, actually, I started it older than most guys now. I mean, most kids nowadays are starting at five, four to six years old in quarter midgets or go-karts. I didn't start till I was about 17. I got involved in the four-cylinders and Legends cars around the Virginia and North Carolina area with B from Maryland. There's no tracks in this state that we really can compete at. Um, it's mainly drag and dirt, so... Um, for me, it was I had to do a lot of traveling to get going, but I started around the same age that Dale Senior did. So when this journey started, you did. There's more to being a race car driver than just getting behind the wheel and racing. You got to be good at that. You got to have personality to do the media, uh, the sponsorship. It takes a lot to make all this happen, doesn't it? It's incredible the dedication and just what goes into trying to make this happen. A lot of people think it's just all about what you do behind the wheel. And to be quite honest with you, Rowdy and everybody, it, it, there's so much more to it. The driving is such a small piece of the puzzle. You have to be good behind the microphone in front of a camera. You have to be able to sell your partner's products and or services that they're offering you have to try to give them a return on their investment you need to help them increase their social media numbers or increase percentage wise over the course of your partnership you really have to try to just be inclusive with everything and just try to just yeah yeah sorry about there's a dog in the background hold on one Sorry about that, guys. That's all right. We've had dogs, babies. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, yeah I hey, came. I'm up. Uh, today's my dad's birthday, and uh, we were up well, here uh, just today, celebrating his birthday. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. But uh, back to what you were asking, yeah, I mean, you really just have to be – you have to be a jack-of-all-trades, master of none to really be good at this. And if you're going to succeed at it, you've got to – be willing to be multifaceted in this industry because I mean the driving it can go away at a time too so it helps to be a spotter you've got to be good with your with helping develop your partnerships and 
the social media. So there's so many assets to it. So, uh, Kyle, you're also racing the Champs Car Endurance Series. That's a road course endurance? Correct. So, yes. So to give a little insight as to what Champ Car really is, for those of you that may have seen over the last couple of weeks the Rolex 24 at Daytona or you've heard of the 24 Hours of Le Mans over in France, this is an, an amateur version of IMSA competition. You, It's class racing, but it's an inexpensive series, but it races at the same facilities, a lot of the same facilities that the IMSA competitions at, Daytona, Watkins Glen, Road America, Mid-Ohio, Sebring, for example, and we run a lot of the configurations that they run, some adjustments here and there, but it's a good way to get your feet wet in class racing. But the road racing helped mold me when I went back onto the ovals because the precision, finesse, and the consistency you need to be fast for two hours is really what you have to put into racing stock cars. So I feel like Champ Car is a great way for a young driver to get their feet wet on a road course, and it really, uh, thanks to... Um, the late Eric McClure, he helped save my career and has made me who I am today. Hey, Kyle. You have Kyle Magda, Rowdy's co-host here. Uh, first question for you is, uh, so I got the tweet up last year. Uh, that's how I, you know, got, got to meet Tanya as well. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about how that went, you know, what it was like to interact with all the fans and other racing people? It was an incredible experience. Uh, while we didn't get to compete on track last year just due to part shortages and some sponsor and partner deals that fell through at the last minute, it was a little bit of a heartbreaker. But getting to do events like the Tweet Up, um, thanks to Bob Pockris, and uh, Tanya's been friends with Bob for a long time, and when her daughter was the former Little Miss Sprint Cub, that's how that relationship got started. Um, in NASCAR, but really working with those guys was great. It's a great way to meet fans. It really is a great opportunity for me to to let people see my personality, let me have time with fans. It was a great time, and I do remember meeting you, and just it was nice to put a smile on so many people's faces. And while Bob wasn't able to make it due to outstanding commitments that he had, I just felt like it was the right thing to do to still be there and give the fans what they were promised. So, so it kind of leads into my next question. Um, you know, you're running the truck deal. Um, you're going to announce that soon. Um, you know, what, what, what's your uh, couple next weeks looking like? Are you going to be in Florida at all? Or are you going to check any races out? What's that looking like? Well, I was originally going to go to road Atlanta this weekend and do the champ car race, but unfortunately just things didn't work out. I've been trying to put more emphasis on the truck program and go to Daytona. We're probably going to go down and be there um, through the KLR management group that we have. We're going to be working with a NASCAR Euro champion that's going to be down there. We won't really give any more detail than that. You guys will have to stay tuned over the next couple weeks. But I'll be doing a little bit of driver coaching with him and just down there networking and hopefully maybe doing some spotting if opportunities present themselves. And honestly, it's just always a pleasure to be part of Speed Weeks. And then after that, we're hoping to make the official announcement about the Young's opportunity, and then the goal is to maybe run four to five truck races this year, bump the approvals up, be open to running more markets once NASCAR clears me, and then start just seeing what we can open up for 24. I mean, I'm looking to get to the Cup Series at some point. 
and also run the Rolex 24 at some point in my career. So I've got aspirations of making this a long-term opportunity for myself. So you've run the Arkham Menard Series. You're going to be running the NASCAR Camp, or excuse me, NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. That's a, that's a quarter right there. Um, you know, what's what's the competition been like? Um, you know, when you've been out there, I mean, what 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 is it like from your your vantage point out in the racetrack? In the few opportunities that I've had to do some testing, and even with the races and Arkham Menard Series competition, it's very fierce. It's definitely very similar to class racing. You've got your high-end teams, you've got your B-level teams, and then you've got your C-level teams. The biggest thing that I've noticed is you've got to learn, don't over-exceed what the car won't give you or will give you. You need to just take advantage of it. Use your driver's skill to understand what feedback the car is giving you. But then just understand your competitors and try to race them with the most respect. Obviously, we know things are going to happen. The racetrack is a competitive environment and the best thing that i can do and i've learned is just be smooth be smart take care of the equipment i think these owners especially your b and c level teams the smaller teams that don't have the resources that the bigger teams do the biggest thing for them is bring the car home in one piece because then instead of having to redevelop your equipment you can put more research and r&d into it if you bring home the piece in in one hole with all four tires on it let's put it that way so my last question for you is, uh, you know, you've you've you know you're, you're you've been in racing in a little while. Um, what what got you interested in the road racing deal? Uh, you know, I know Rowdy was talking about it. What what sparked your interest in doing that? I've always been a fan of the road racing. It's always intrigued me when NASCAR would hit back in the day, would do their Sears Point or Infineon or now Sonoma, and then they'd make the trek up to New York to Watkins Glen. But it's always intrigued me. But like I said, the late Eric McClure, when he had his K&N comp, um, team with Hal Martin once he retired from driving, and they started getting into Champ Car, what was Chump Car at the time. They've now revamped it and uh, rebranded it as the Champ Car Endurance Series. Eric provided me an opportunity uh, at the Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval before NASCAR even saw it as an opportunity to race. And he helped revive my career because I was on the verge of giving it up. And what I liked about it is it was different. It was no practice, similar to the COVID situation with NASCAR. You've had to just kind of get into a car you're unfamiliar with. And it really tests your driver skill level and your ability to adapt to a foreign situation. And honestly, that's a lot of what it's been with the lack of practice and testing or preseason practice, as they call it now, in ARCA or NASCAR you really have to learn to adapt, and I think it's helped me elevate my skill set, and I think I can bring a lot to Young's this year, and I hopefully it'll benefit us going forward into 24 as well. Well, Kyle, you sound like you got everything in the right direction, my friend. Uh, let's talk about the guys that helps you get your car to the, to the tracks. Yeah, I really appreciate all my friends and family and everybody that's been behind me. Uh, First, I want to thank you, Rowdy and Kyle, for having me on tonight. Everybody um, that's kind of your nation that follows you, thank you guys for taking the time to listen to me. I really appreciate it. Uh, Please look us up. But as far as thanking partners that we have, I'd like to, first of all, thank uh, Max Pappas and his organization with MPI. We've started a brand ambassador uh, deal with them for 2023. Hopefully we can turn that into a long-term deal. Home services, restoration with Greg Reynolds and his staff, 
Mid-Atlantic Source One with Jim Dore and his staff. I'd like to thank Steph Cole and his organization. They do some paint jobs and stuff with me on the virtual side. Southern Sun Graphics, Motorsports Mafia. I'd like to also thank NW Audio, Bright Sky Creative, TMI Racing Products, um, Don Frady and his staff down at VIR, Devin Steeles, uh, Moore's Automotive Sales down in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida, and Ormond Beach area. Um, I'd like to thank Play Live Nation of Strongsville, Ohio, Start Imagining, Big Red Custom Diecast, Countertops by Design, Jay Sawyer with Voice Mastered Limited, uh, big supporter with Team Ant-Man for uh, Cystic Fibrosis Awareness, and also thank Randy LaJoy and his folks with the joy of seating for, for providing me safe um, and comfortable seating that I can uh, go swap my butt off in in a Craftsman truck this year. They, they manufacture a great seat. You're not the only one that says it, Kyle. They, no, they Ra- sure Randy and his, yeah, Randy and his guys have quality stuff, and they're very easy to work with. Uh, real quick, too, I want to also thank NLA Parts, and I'd also like to thank the Garage Heroes in training. Um, it's a group that I work with and do some instructing with on the amateur side. So I want to thank all those guys for their support and motivation, and they've helped get me to where we're going to have a great year this year. And where can they keep up with your season at, Kyle? If you want to follow us, everyone, I challenge you right now to go to www.kylelockrow.com. You can find all of our social media channels and all of the different media that we're doing available for access for everyone. You can go to Motorsports Mafia, go to our apparel site if you'd like to buy some stuff with our logo on it. We've got some great things coming out, hopefully, once we announce the Young's Partnership. Uh, especially with some stuff on the road race side. But all of our social media channels are there. Follow, like us, and just stay tuned because we're going to keep you guys entertained this year, and we have a lot of great things in store. Kyle, man, that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, I think the attendance, as it dropped down, a lot of that had to do, I personally think, that the drivers didn't want to go out and actually get dirty with the fans and be part of the fun. And I don't disagree with you. Hey, I see them now coming back out here and wanting to be part of it. Robbie Gordon, as many people that disliked him, you would always see Robbie out in the nightlife being part of the fans. And as a fan, when I was a fan years ago, I loved that part of it. You know, I like to see the drivers get out and, and kind of walk around and see what's really happening and i understand sometimes their part because they get bombarded because it gets kind of crazy you know sometimes but you've got to get out and be part of it and kyle i'm looking forward to seeing you at the track hopefully if you're at daytona got a couple of places I'd like to take you let you see what's really going on you know what's going on but see what we're what's going on with us Rowdy, uh, Kyle, I would love for that. You've got my information, Tanya's information. We will be in Daytona for um, part of the Speed Week festivities. Please reach out. We would love to help out, meet some new fans, see what you guys have going on. I love it, and I agree with that, Robbie. I had a similar experience with Robbie Gordon when I was 14 years old at Martinsville. I wanted to shake Robbie's hand while he was in the midst of getting bombarded by fans. And Robbie stopped the session temporarily to shake my hand and call me back to the trailer as I was stepping away. And that made me a fan of life for Robbie. He's a great guy. He's a great individual. And it's drivers like that that I've prided myself on modeling my 
approach after, and I have tried to go above and beyond. I've seen what you've been speaking of about the relationship between the garage and the fans separating over the years. I do start to see it coming back together, but we've got a long way to go, and there's a lot of drivers that need to get off their butt, and they need to get out there and thank these race fans for all the dedication and everything they're doing, all the money and time and effort and blood, sweat, and tears that goes into the sport. If they're not careful, it's going to die, and all that success and fame is going to go away. And I'm going to do my darndest this year to help bridge that gap. And if fans are looking for a friendly driver to be able to shoot the breeze with, come see me or just grab me. I'll gladly talk to you, and I'll make you. I'll make sure that all the money and everything you're spending on that is well worth it and give you the time of day, a nice autograph, and thank you for your time and your investment. Looking forward to it, Kyle. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. No, thank you guys so much. Rowdy, Kyle, safe travels. We'll see you in Daytona. Thank you to everybody listening. Uh, I wish everybody a great 2023, and we'll see everybody in Daytona. See you in Daytona. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road, that I realize I'm at the wrong track. All right, fusing there thinking it was Caden. Caden's running late. It happens, Rowdy. Uh, you know, you know, in the racing world, it's really busy. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Uh, you know, uh, Kyle is pretty much hitting on all cylinders when it comes to getting back out and being part of of uh, the fans. And Kyle, it was like uh, Robbie Gordon has always stuck out in my mind as that driver that always come out and signed autographs. Now, was he always was he on the A team? No. But as far as being friendly, he was the A team. Yeah, Rowdy always signs autographs and uh I know uh yeah, Robbie always signed autographs and uh you know, uh it was a Watkins Glen one time and uh was in his car and he started signing autographs. So uh, yeah, it's weird, Rowdy. You know how strong drivers are. Some drivers act, and um, yeah, Robbie Gordon always was always signing autographs. At least when I when I was able to see him. So, Kyle, we uh, we've got the L.A. Coliseum to clash this weekend. Somebody, well, it may have been uh, Mark Crystal. Should Arca or Arca West compete in the L.A. Coliseum? Thoughts on that, Kyle? Yeah, I saw that today. Um, it wouldn't be bad to have a support race. I mean, that's never a bad option, um, especially no, that, when you just yeah, have the Cup right. Series there. Well, you know, if the West—I mean, if the West—that wouldn't be asking much of the West, but. So. Uh, Kyle, why don't we go ahead and play Gus Dean? All right, everyone, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Our first guest tonight, we got 
returning to the show, racing in the ARCA 200 at Daytona International Speedway, coming up for uh, Speedweek right in the Venturini Motorsports, Gus Dean. Welcome back, Gus. Yes. Hey, Kate. Uh, all right, everyone. I'd like to welcome to the show driving at Speedweek coming up real soon in the Craftsman Truck Series and the 04 Ford for Roper Racing, Caden Honeycutt. Welcome, Caden. Hey, man. Good to be back. How y'all been doing? Man, Caden. Just for to say, you'll be a Daytona driving in the Craftsman Truck Series. How's that sound? I know it. I know it, man. It's it's definitely awesome. I'm uh, very blessed and appreciative of Corey and Craig Roper for this opportunity from CarQuest and Fly Alliance, um, and also the help of Ford and, and Poor Performance. Just, just eager and and ready to uh, ready to go hit Daytona for the first time, and you know try to try to do the impossible. Well, you got a little seat time last year in a truck. Uh, have you made? Have you turned some laps at Daytona? I have not. No, I, the only draft experience I have is Talladega, and luckily we'll have practice for Daytona, so um, that will help us out. And uh, it should be should be fun time, and and uh, gonna have to make it in on, on Q speed, which I don't think will be an issue. So just uh, just gonna hope and pray Graydon holds off, and we can go and race. For, uh, on Friday night. Well, this will be my 25th year at Daytona. And, Caden, Friday night, if anybody says, what's the best part of Speedweek? And I've always said, hey, brother, it's Friday night. They're going to be banging and racing for the checkers at Truck Series. Always a great race. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, Caden, Absolutely. When you go through the tunnel and you come out the other side, I mean, I was down there this past week with the 24 hours, and when you come out on the other side, inside the infield, it's just, you look in and there's that huge, imitating, intimidating number two turn. What's it going to feel like to know that you're going to be the guy racing in a race that weekend? Well, it'll definitely be cool. Um, just like I said, I just want to appreciative to even to even be there this year and uh we're gonna make the most of it and you know there's nothing really gonna intimidate me more than just you know just go out and, and just race and do what we normally do do to what i normally do and and um just try to survive first two stages without a wreck and and try to uh try to be up on the mixture when it's time to go eat and, and try to go uh, hunt down a win had a pretty good year last year 2022 was pretty good for Kate and honeycutt races yeah, it sure was. You know, we won some late model races and and uh, ran some good uh, good truck races and and really turned a lot of people's attention. And I think uh, I was hoping I did a good job at that. So um, also had the most dirt wins in my career in a season uh, with 22 wins. So we had a lot of wins and, and you know we just were trying to make the mess make the most out of 23 and and try to do better, of course. Hey, Caden, you have Kyle here. Uh, first question for you is uh, talk a little bit about how that Roper Racing deal came about. Uh, 
kind of kind of caught me off guard a little bit, but it sounds like you're running the first six races. And um, you know, how did that all come about? Man, uh, Craig Roper is actually the guy that that really put this whole deal together for me. Um, he has been the most help uh, out of any owner that I've I've been a part of so far. Um, he just from his effort and wanting me to be in, in the truck for uh, is really appreciated by, uh, by him and and him my dad and and I have been working really hard to figure out all the details and and to be able to do the first six races and possibly more after that we'll just have to see how the first six go and um, yeah just like I said we'll just do do the best we can and, and try to show uh, a lot of people. You know, any truck that I can get in, we can definitely make uh, competitive and, and honestly try to run for rookie of the year if it's possible. Um, so maybe we can do more than six. We'll just we'll just have to see. So you ran some truck races for On Point Motorsports last year. Uh, what, what was the what was the biggest thing that you took out of all your truck experience last year? Man, just just trying to learn the truck and trying to learn the formalities of how the truck needs to be ran and how to race and and um and just what the truck needs feel wise to be fast and going to places that I've never been to before and just not having practice really kind of hurts that so that's what I've been trying to catch on as fast as I can I felt like I did a good job at that last year and um yeah, just just trying to learn the truck series as a whole and try to uh do some things that are not really supposed to be done in your first time as well doing it Talk about how Phoenix went. Uh, you ran really well in that race. Uh, you know, what was it like running up front and uh, getting a top ten out of that? Yeah, it was it was great. Um, we had a great truck at Phoenix. I felt like, and obviously it was showing running seventh or eighth right at the closing laps with twenty to go. Just had that caution that set us back a few few uh, positions, but still, either way, we we had a great truck. Um, we were a little bit down on horsepower. We had to take our worst motor, unfortunately, so we didn't have all the horsepower we needed, but the handle-wise was great. Um, taking a truck that's not even close to being a short track truck and doing what we did is, is pretty pretty sweet. So, um, yeah, I just want to just thank Rangeline, On Point Motorsports, and Stephen Lane for, for all that from last year, from their efforts, and, you know, this year's a new year and a new team and a new manufacturer, so I'm going to try to replicate that with these guys and try to do that for uh, the whole year if we can do it. So my last question for you is uh, this team almost won the race two years ago. Um, has that crossed your mind at all, um, knowing, you know, how close that they did come at almost to winning the race? And, um, you know, what, what did you gather from Talladega um, running that race last year? Well, I just learned – you know how to how to draft and what situation I need to be in to be successful, and it's hard to even do that because you know pack racing in a truck at, at Daytona and Talladega is really just hit or miss, honestly. So um, it's all about having the luck and all about being in the right position when it matters. And um, I think Corey put himself in a good position two years ago, and it and he had some luck to go to go with that to help him get to third, but he still put himself in that position to be successful. So. Um, that's a, that's just what I'm going to have to do is be up front about 20 to go and and uh, and try to make a strategy call to be up there and and make it a, a, a lasting on fuel to to have a shot to to win it. So um, it's all about strategy. It's all about how you play the game and and how you go about it. Well, I'm looking forward to being uh, part of it down 
speed week there, Caden. Uh, we're gonna do. A, we're probably gonna have some uh, shows out on the little uh, in the fan zone. So hopefully we might be able to get you get your PR guy and get it to come out to do an interview again with us. We, we yeah, have a lot of guys. Me, PR guys. Me. I don't. I don't have nobody follow me around. All right. Well, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad, but. Yeah, let's work out something, Caden. Looking forward to it, my man. Have you talked to Steve yeah, Eisenhower? With Steve, have you talked to Steve lately? I have. Yes, I have. And Steve's been a very good help for me as well uh, over at Entire Tailgate System. If you guys want to go and check out the brightest, coolest thing you've ever seen, go check out on on Entire Tailgate System to literally have a tailgate on your tire while you're camping and watching races at these NASCAR races or any college football game or NFL game that you go to. Just tailgating in general. I mean, really, you, it all works right off your tires. Somebody, how's that work? I'm like, it works really well. That's yes, how, you know, it, it was, sure does. It was funny. He, he had a display out at Five Flags, and we were sitting there talking, and you, your name was – you come up, and he looked at me like, how you know Caden? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've I've known Steve for quite a while now, quite a while. Well, that's the kind of relationship that we build at the track, Caden. Uh, I mean, yeah. really, they, it, it, race you meet the best people at the racetrack, and you see a lot of them more than you do your own family during the season. Right. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Okay, let's let's talk about the guys at the shop that helps you that helps you get to where you're at now. And I just want to just want to thank uh, again Craig and Corey Rope, my mom and dad, my girlfriend for for sticking with me for all the tough times. Uh, just also want to thank CarQuest Fly Alliance for putting this deal together and helping us out to do these races. Um, also, just want to thank my whole family and Rod Worthman Race Face Advancement for his for his efforts and help as well. Um, and just just people in general, man, they just they're very helpful. And I just appreciate them and. And um, hopefully we'll be able to make most of that this year in 2023, and we'll have some late model stuff out there by by next week. And your sponsors, uh, Fly Alliance, CarQuest. Uh, hopefully, again, I could I get to have solid rock carriers this year, and um, yeah. just like I said, those those people, man, this, I just appreciate them very much. Okay, where can they keep up with you this year on social media? Uh, go to go to Caden uh, Honeycut Ten on Instagram, Caden Honeycut Racing on Facebook, as well as Caden Honeycut uh, on Facebook, and then Twitter is Caden W Honeycut, and my TikTok is also Caden uh, Honeycut Ten as well. So go check it out. I'll be having content all season and plans for what we're doing, and and just keeping up updated with everybody and let y'all know how we're doing, and hopefully have some more uh, news by the end of, by the end of next week. Caden, thanks a lot, man. It'll be it's down to about 15, 14 days now. We'll see you. We'll see you on the right, sunny man. side. Yes, sir. See you there. All right. All right, guys. Caden Honeycutt. All right, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to the show. Our first guest tonight, we got uh, returning to the show. Racing in the ARCA 200 at Daytona International Speedway, coming up for uh, Speed Week right in the Venturini Motorsports, Gus Dean. Welcome back, Gus. Sir, good to be back. Thank you all for having me. 
So, Gus, start off with, uh, it was back down in Daytona. What was it like to get behind the Venturini wheel going around Daytona? It was awesome. You know, I ran with Venturini uh, Daytona for the first time last year, and we had a great car. We just got caught up in a few different mishaps, but we still were able to pull out a fifth. Um, but uh, this year we're back, and um, I got a, a new crew chief on top of the box, Kevin Reed, Jr., uh, it was the first time I got to work with him down there at the test, and uh, I feel like we worked together very well. Um, we had a really fast car. All four of the Venerini cars were were really fast. I was extremely comfortable in my car. It was very stable, um, and I, I think we have a great shot great shot at it this year. I, um, I'm looking forward to it. Gus, how do you like the way ARCA has evolved the car into what, what you tested at Daytona? Um, you know, I uh, – the the old school racer in me misses the steel bodies for sure. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to run a few super speedway races with those steel bodies, um, and they they were just second to none in the air. You know, it's just the advancement of racing and the and you know the the progress of everything to go to these new composite you know uh, composite bodies, and, and and I like them. They're 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 great. They they have their own challenges and issues, but. Um, but, you know, the, the guys at Venerini's, they've done an incredible job with doing their research. And, you know, their R&D is, is extremely strong over there, especially with TRD um, in the background. And, and uh, you know, I, I feel like the, the car that I had at the test was, was probably more similar to the old school steel bodies um, than any other composite that I've run. So I, I'm really excited to uh, – to, to get back out there, to answer your question, I feel like um, ARC has done a great job evolving the car. Um, you know, we're running similar speeds to the guys in the Cup Series at, you know, of 18th of the cost. So I think ARC has done a phenomenal job um, with the development of this new body and, and, the, pro- and the, the speed in which they've gained that progress without putting too much strain on the teams themselves. Well, Gus, going into Daytona uh, with a victory at Talladega on the super speed speedway there don't you think you have just a little advantage in seat time there uh you know i do um i've always had great runs at daytona we've just always i think uh i've been taken out leading daytona um on the last lap three times um and i think i've been in the top three at daytona a few more times than that and then been taken out you know very late in the race so um, you know, I've I've had some some tough luck at Daytona for sure, but I, I definitely love the the super speedways and the super speedway style of driving. So I, I do feel like that I have a slight advantage uh, as far as seat times go. There's a lot of rookies field, and um, not to make myself sound any older than I feel, but I feel like I have a, a bit more experience than than probably 90% of the drivers that are going to be out there with us uh, on a super speedway. Well, you're racing Daytona, Talladega, Kansas, and Michigan. Is that correct? Uh, no, sir. I'm running Daytona, Talladega, uh, Michigan, and Salem right now. Going to slip that Salem. How do you like the short track at Salem? Because you, you've been doing some uh, super late, or well, you've been doing pro late models. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I've been doing some pro late model stuff. Um, Salem. That's one of my favorite short tracks. I, I dearly love Salem. And, you know, this year with with uh, tight funding and, you know, just still looking for sponsorship, we were only able to 
to put together four races so far. Um, hopefully we can add to that schedule as, as sponsorship comes. But um, with the with the funding that we had, I definitely wanted to get uh, Salem on the list because I, I, I truly do love that place. Uh, Salem is unbelievable in the history. What's it like to race at Salem? Have you, Gus? You know, Salem is one of those places. It's one of the only short tracks that you go to where the, the high line up at the wall is preferred uh, in three and four. And, um, you know, it's, for its size, it's a, an extremely fast little track. And uh, it, it, it kind of flip-flops your normal thinking of, of short track racing because uh, normally you're fighting to the bottom and trying to get underneath somebody where at Salem – you know, you you can do that in one and two, but uh, when you get down there to three and four, you definitely want to be on the high side, and that just kind of changes up your strategy and the and the moves that you make, and and adds another element to it. And, and I, I love it. Hi, Gus. You got Kyle here. Uh, first question for you is uh, talk a little bit about your 2022 season for Arca races with Venerini, as Ronnie mentioned. Um, you know, what was it like getting that track time, and you know, having a really good shot to win each time. Uh, it's been phenomenal. You know, Venerini's is, is definitely a top-notch team. Um, you know, being able to work with TRD has been an extreme pleasure. I uh, got the chance to, to use their simulator twice last year, which is an unbelievable piece of machinery. Uh, just the technology and the research and development that TRD puts forward um, through Venerini's is, is absolutely awe-striking. It's um it's definitely a huge advantage, I feel like. And, um, you know, I had a lot of fun last year. We definitely had competitive cars every time that I sat in one. And I feel like Daytona is going to be no different. So you have Daytona Cup coming up. Um, you know, how did the test go? Um, who are you mainly working with? I know, I know, you know, Venerini has been very good in this race the last few years. Uh, you know, so what, you know, have you have you discussed the game plan with your teammates yet? And also, who will you be working with? Uh, who will be uh, crew chiefing for you for the race? Uh, well, as I said earlier, Kevin Reed Jr. is going to be uh, my crew chief for the race and for the remainder of the year. Um, the test was the first time I got to work with him, and I think we worked together very well. Um, as far as who I'm going to be working with and stuff, Venerini's is, uh, they're always very strong at the super speedways because, you know, the, the super speedways is one of those things that, you have to have other people and you have to work together with other people, but you really can't trust anybody at the same time um, where Venerini's is, is a little bit different. You know, we have the four teammates and, and it's, it's known going into the race that the four teammates, we won't race each other until the last lap where you stick together and, and teammate race the entire race. And that's how, you know, in my opinion, Venerini's has been able to dominate the super speedways in the past. Is just because they're one of the only teams with a, you know enough cars in in their stable to to be able to pull off something like that. Gus, you mentioned you've run very well at Daytona in the past. Um, do you feel like maybe this is the best year that you've ever had to win the Daytona Arca 200? You know, I do. I, I feel like um, there. It, I just have a great feeling about it. There's a lot of things lining up and. Um, as I said, our car is, was extremely fast in the test. It was very stable, very comfortable. Um, and, you know, I, I just I feel like um, with with the experience that I have at the Super Speedways, coupled with the incredible equipment that Vanarini's always brings to, to the Super Speedways and every track, uh, I feel like this is one of my best chances to, to clutch the victory. 
My last question for you is uh, what are your plans coming up here in February, um, the Daytona ARCA 200? Uh, will we see you doing any more racing, any, any new Smyrna, anything in, in the plans for that? Uh, yes, sir. I'll be running the, uh, the Pro Late model at New Smyrna for uh, the entirety of Speed Weeks with uh, DLP Motorsports. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Uh, and then we're, we're obviously going to be running the, the um, Arker race at Daytona. As far as the rest of the year goes, we're, we're going to try to pick a few more super late model races and pro late model races just to, to stay in the seat and because I, I dearly love to race them, um, as well as the four Arker races that we have on schedule that, so far. Um, and then we're also getting into another type of racing called uh, mega truck racing, which is pretty much uh, drag racing through the mud with monster trucks. So that's a good time. <laughs> I, I've seen that, Gus. I, I, that was my last one of my last questions. What's that like? That's uh, that's a different experience altogether, for sure. It's um, uh, we're right now we're tuned at twenty five hundred horsepower to the wheels. Uh, it's full-wheel drive all the time with two-and-a-half-ton military axles and 60-inch V-tread tractor tires. Um, it's a Bolton 580 block with an 871 blower and runs on pure alcohol. It uh, burns six-and-a-half gallons of fuel per minute um, with a stage six power glide uh, transmission with a trans brake. So it's... Um, it's a uh, it's a dragster with mud tires on it. So it's um it, it's a blast. We we jump those things, you know, ten fifteen feet in the air, and um it, it's been a lot of fun for for Dad and I to do and and to have a good time with. That's not a uh, I I don't the mud situation to try to keep a lot of drivers you know kind of like to keep their fire suits nice, but that's one that you can fail on quickly, isn't it? It is, it is. But, you know, you'd be surprised, actually. The drivers don't get quite as muddy as you would think. It's more so the spectators. Um, my my <laughs> wife came to the one last year, and she got muddier than I did driving the truck. So um, it's uh, it, it's definitely a good time. Dane, congratulations, Gus, on, uh, on your marriage. Uh, that's something a little different from the last time you was on. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. If, uh, if anything, I could say that's uh, hopefully that will be the – the factor in bringing us from bad luck to Daytona to, to good luck. But, um, no, she's she's an incredible person. I've had such a fun time going through the experience with her and uh, happy to be married now. And we're looking forward to our honeymoon in April and um, just living life and having a great time. Hopefully your granddad going to be down in Daytona? Uh, he's going to come for, for a few races. He's not sure if he's going to stay the whole time or not, but um, – but uh, he'll be down there at some point. Tell him uh, to hello and looking forward to seeing him again and your family, mom and dad also, Gus. Uh, let's talk about the guys at the shop that uh, and your sponsors that helps you go around. Yes, sir. The uh, like I said, the guys at, at Benarini Motorsports. I, you know, I couldn't ask for a better team. They're they're working hard as we speak, actually getting ready for Daytona, and and I'm looking forward to being able to go back to the track with those guys. Um, you know, looking forward to to having Mash on it back on the car uh, with Dean Customer as well, and and um, hopefully we're we're trying to put together a few more sponsors for the race. And you know, we we couldn't get to the track without all those guys. So definitely a, a big thank you to them for giving me another shot at it. And Gus, tell everybody where they can keep up with you season this year with Venturini Motorsports. Uh, yes, sir. I'm on all forms of social media, um, at Gus Dean at both Instagram and Twitter. 
and Gustine Racing on Facebook. Gus, looking forward to seeing you down at Daytona, my friend. Thanks a lot for coming on tonight. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to seeing you down there. All right. Gustine there, Kyle. Uh, I think he's got a real – you you said you thought he had a real good chance of winning. I think he's got a great chance of winning. He's done it before on a super speedway. And, you know, Kyle, he, he said the key words, that they're going to race as a team to that last lap. Yeah, Rowdy, I, I just think experience is going to pay off. Um, you know, I, you know, I think Jesse Love's going to be really good. You know, the, the two ladies will be good as well. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how the race is going to go. You know, Venerini's shown how strong they've been in the past, and uh, we'll we'll see once again if they can replicate that come uh, Saturday, February 18th. That's going to be a really fun day, Kyle. Friday, come off a of Friday night, you go into a double header with Arthur kicking it off, and followed up by the uh, Xfinity race. Beats what's for dinner 300, the ARCA 200. Then I'm going to head down to see the world. What was that? That's uh, out of New Smyrna, Kyle. They, uh, Gus Dane will be down racing at that race. That's right, Rowdy. The World Series of Asphalt. Uh, looking forward world to you Series. going there. Um, just got the okay yesterday. So, Rowdy, you're going to be going. You're going to be busy that Saturday. And then to get back and finish the night in Daytona. That's going to be. That's going to be like probably an 18, 20-hour day right there. That's what that's going to be. Uh, Kyle, we're lucky enough to uh, have had Brad Perez on yesterday for tonight's show. Uh, All right, everyone. Welcome to the show, and I'd like to welcome back to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Brad Perez. Welcome back, Brad. Hey, how's it going? Man, it's going great. Brad, watch some weather last week at, at the Rolex. A different kind of aspect of racing for you. Let's talk about what it was like to uh, cover the Rolex and, and be a spotter. And it was it was a lot of fun. It definitely was intimidating because uh, I am really bad with sleep. I am the type of guy I will sleep at 830 at night. <laughs> and wake up really early, so I really had to almost redo my sleep schedule um, to be able to do that race. Luckily, I was tag teaming it with Reed Sorensen, so Reed was the second spotter, and we were doing six-hour shifts, and we went down to three-hour shifts. It was uh, really weird to wake up at 4 a.m. and spot a race car, but it definitely was fun. Uh, Brad, my my deal was uh, I think we made it to about 3 o'clock, I was up back at, at 5.30, walked over the media center to catch up what was what had gone on. Pretty exciting night. Uh, I think your quote was a car. You had a car fire, two laps down, multiple hits, and you still come in fourth. What strategy that you could have played to make that a better uh, race, Brad, to, to, to be number one? Well, um, honestly, I'll give it up to the driver's. For that one, I mean, they, they kind of made the strategy work. Um, middle of the night, 
I mean, we lost laps off of just dumb stuff. I mean, we, we lost laps because of a pit cycle. Like, we had just pit, then the yellow comes out. Like, we just made a driver change and lost laps like that. And it was pretty crappy because middle of the night, there wasn't many cautions. So we were kind of just stuck two laps down for so long. Uh, and then towards the end there, um, I think we didn't really get our laps back until about two hours to go, which I, I thought I was going on the roof with three hours to go. I was like, yeah, we're done here. I don't think we'll be able to get back up there. We were seventh. So uh, towards the end, uh, we got two really lucky cautions. Uh, Mario Fonbacher drove an, an amazing stint. Like he was driving all the way up, beating the fast guys, even in GTD Pro. Um, and then once we had those two yellows, our last stop, we went to go fuel the car and – it, I mean, we just had a small fire. I mean, you have to do it so quick. Um, it's a freak deal. Um, and because of it, we just had to go. We didn't want to lose the lap. When it happened, we found out we were eight minutes short of fuel, so we were just kind of like, well, that's too long for us to save, so might as well just go after it. And Mario went after it, got a lucky caution. But even still, that caused us to pit, so we had to kind of start at the tail end. and um, just, just kind of that. I mean, I feel like if we didn't have that fuel fire, we definitely had a shot to win the race, even though we were kind of down on speed uh, in a straight line. So a uh, shout-out to the Mercedes. Those guys, they were super quick. The, the 32 with Mike Skeen and Kenton Cook, they were really fast. Class of the field, same thing with the Windward 57. They were fast. And all the Astons. And uh, just glad that we even were able to finish close. I mean, honestly, con- considering what happened at night. You know, Brad, this was my sixth year covering this event. And – you probably, well, you had the, the pass. We had to park over in lot six. And on Thursday, in previous races, there was plenty of space. I pulled in there Thursday morning, and it was actually out next to the airport at the very end of the lot. It stayed that way every day except the very end of Sunday. And I think most people parked and went over into the grandstands on Sunday. But what was it like looking down at I mean, it's a completely different crowd. The infield is just pretty much just every square parking spot took up in it, Brad. There's something going on in the infield completely on every inch of the ground. Crazy. Like, I, I've i been to the Rolex probably four times in my life, and I have never seen the infield as packed as it was. And not even just the infield. If you looked off in the near turn one where they had that TV on the grandstand, I mean, it was slam packed full of fans. I mean, that's probably enough people to sell Bowman Gray out like four, three, three or four or five times just in the stands alone. So that's something that I have not seen in sports car racing in, in God knows how long. So that just goes to show kind of the upswing that IMSA is on in America. I'm glad more people are excited about sports car racing. I'm more excited about sports car racing. And uh, the popularity of sports car racing in America helps all racing in America, in my opinion. Um, and it just, just helps the sponsors keep rolling and, and more manufacturers to be involved. I mean, there was like, I think I saw stats like 20-plus manufacturers involved in the Rolex 24, which is insane. So the health of sports car racing is really up, and I love to see it. Brad, do you envision driving in the 24 hours? Oh, it's, it's always been a dream of mine. Ever since I was a kid, I'm a Florida boy. Yeah, I've always I've always watched races at Homestead and Daytona as a kid. I've, I've raced on the 24-hour course in SCCA. Uh, it is. An, it would be a dream come true to do it. And, you know, I was actually close to doing it this year. Um, behind the scenes, I was working on a deal that could have potentially had me running that race, and that would have been pretty cool. But um, either way, 
uh, it's, it's definitely still a possibility. Uh, IMSA is definitely uh, a place where I feel like I could, I could find myself being successful in. It's just a matter of uh, finding that, find that sponsorship, finding somebody who wants to partner up and making it worthwhile for everyone. Different setup down on pit row, isn't it? From what NASCAR was, with the cabanas stretched out through there, and the and the gas delivery to the car is completely different. Yeah, uh, so those those tents are, are pretty nice. I, I would say definitely as a crew guy, you definitely would love to have a tent in there, so you're able to take naps in between. Uh, you're kind of out of the elements. Uh, and also those fueling rigs. I never really understood how much went into the fueling rigs until this time around. I learned that, you know, depending on how high you have the drum up, you know, the height of it, you know, what regulator you have, you're supposed to fuel the car. And I think the lowest amount of time is like 40 seconds. Um, somebody requote me if I'm wrong. I believe it's 40 seconds. And if you were to go under that time, that's a penalty. So the, the margin of error that these guys have to do and try to be as fast as possible on pit road with the fueling, but also not be illegal and, and get held a lot. I mean, it, it's tough. Brad, uh, before we move on to your Xfinity deal, kind of with that uh, the new hybrid, we've something, seen something this weekend that's pro- probably going to set the trend for a lot of other things to come in, in racing. Yeah, and I think uh, the GTP class is cool. i give it that. But you definitely saw with, with the the – the lack of parts for these cars right now. You saw it in the roar that the, the GTP cars really didn't try to go super hard. There's a lot of penalties in the race for the regulations being broken in regards to the GTP cars. I think a lot has to be done right here to kind of get the class right um, as far as legality is concerned and as far as endurance is concerned. There's a lot of problems at night. I know the Porsches had a couple of issues. Um, I know the BMWs had a couple of issues. Uh, I think reliability is still kind of an issue, and I think that's kind of what goes into hybrid racing. Um, you've only really seen it in Lamar so far. Um, I think give it a couple of years, it'll be pretty good. But I think right now it goes to show this is all about research and development. Uh, who knows where it'll be in 10 years. Uh, Lamar, is that on the bucket list? Oh, man. You, if you know me, you know I want to do everything. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a monster truck if you let me. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the Rolex kind of had a dinner for every, all the uh, journalists and photographers over on Thursday night and they had the uh, trophy there and it was this honestly just to touch it was fine spine tangling Brad <laughs> it's nice I mean I, I saw it uh, from the spotter stand you can actually see that thing gleaming out there in victory lane I was like that's pretty nice I'd like one so uh, let's talk about your 23 season here Brad what, what's your first what you got on your agenda for that so we're doing four races for Everling Gase Motorsports and really excited to be back with Joey Gase and Patrick Everling. Uh, we hired uh, Paul Clapperud as a crew chief. Um, we're, we're definitely at a point where I feel like we can be a solid contender for top 20 in points. Um, really, Coda will be our first race. Uh, I'm really excited to do that one. Why Sand and Clay and Apex Coffee will be on board, both Texas companies, so it's really cool to see Texas companies represented at, at the biggest racetrack in, in Texas, uh, Circuit of the Americas. Uh, the other three we'll be doing is kind of up in the air. I've actually been having – actually, I just got off the phone with, um, with someone um, just trying to make sure we figure out what we're going to do for those next three. I definitely want to do an oval, so that's part of 
what we're doing. I know Joey and Patrick want me to do some road courses, which is also I love to do that, but uh, definitely want to see if we can do uh, any uh, ovals here for sure. What about you, uh, Xfinity testing? How'd that go? Uh, it was all right. I mean, really, it's just uh, getting accustomed to the new rules. I mean, Xfinity, uh, NASCAR gave us some new rear-end housing rules. We're not allowed to skew the cars as much as we used to. Um, so um, just dialing our mile-and-a-half program to uh, go around those rules. So Patrick got in the car. Joey got in the car. We had CJ McLaughlin show up, and he was, uh, he'll be with us next year for a couple of races. Not really sure exactly the details on that, but um, he's, he was there testing our car as well really just gathering data uh, so that when we go back to Charlotte or we go back to Kansas or Vegas and stuff like that, we have an idea of where we have to be. You know, Brad, with the wheels that are in charge of NASCAR, looking at the new car that we have, all the road courses that Xfinity expanded to, I think uh, the trend of this is kind of going to road courses and with ovals also. And, and I said it the other day on the show. I get a feedback of, uh, what is there to NASCAR but go round and round and round? You got to look at that road course as way NASCAR was founded was on moonshiners back in the day, and they never outrun the law on an oval track. They always was left, <laughs> right, right, left on a road course. And once I looked at the road course that way, I looked at the racing situation completely different. And then, Brad, you know, when you throw that, Little, and it's the only time in NASCAR an event that you want just a little rain. You throw in a little shake of rain in there, and, and then it's all about when do we put on the rain tires? When do we take the rain tires off? And it really makes for an interesting race. I agree. Uh, I have yet to do a stock car road race, and I would love to. I've been trying to do Portland this year because, you know, it always rains in Portland. Uh, definitely would love to do a rain race. Uh, I am excited for rain racing. Being from Miami, uh, most of my career I've driven in the rain. It's just because it always rains in Miami. So um, definitely excited to see if we could do some of that. Um, now the rules now even have it that you can run in the rain on certain ovals. So, uh, heck, maybe if my first oval starts in the rain, that might be pretty good for me. <laughs> I, well, you know, it's – Something else that I kind of like on, on what we've witnessed this weekend was a little sign of a tail light in the back. Uh, yeah, so on the uh, probably the lights that you had seen in there um, is the usually they're for the bigger teams they have like sensors that that kind of point towards the ground that you can see your ground clearance like a laser ground clearance sensor so you can see your, your dynamic ride height as you go on the racetrack. Same thing in our car. We even had like a micron that would uh, capture some data there. We were allowed to do that, and that glows in there, so you can kind of see it. Um, so a lot of different laser and light-related things happen inside the cars, mostly for data collection. So, <laughs> One more thing, Brad. Uh, what was it like to look at it, the aviance, the different colors of the lights on the cars, and this round and round? Then you had the Ferris wheel to overlook each time. Uh, at, from your spotter stand, what area did you cover? The whole track, or did you have sections of track? Oh, no. We stand on top of the regular spotter stand, and we watch the whole thing. We have to see them all the way through. Uh, really, the only hardest part, I mean, it wouldn't even be the Ferris wheel, to be honest. I think it's when you come out of uh, the second horseshoe, so after the kink, that second horseshoe that faces back towards the front straightaway, all we see from the spotter stand is the headlights. 
Whereas you just you cannot see what car it is. You really have to grab your car before that corner and determine which set of headlights is you, which is uh, <laughs> kind of hard. But uh, after a while, you kind of get locked in towards the middle of the night, and you, you start to do better. It, it is a beautiful place to watch a race. And then, to, <laughs> like I, I had woke up, when you when you wake up at 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning, you catch the tram over and you see the cars. It's a testimony to the automobile industry, a, a vehicle that can stand 24 hours of an endurance race like that. Yeah, you know, it's crazy to think about, you know, in the days like the 60s and 70s, the Daytona Continental, um, where it would be just a miracle. Like if you were able to finish the race, you'd probably finish top three. And nowadays to see the Rolex 24 and seeing like over 40 cars finish the race. That's, that's crazy. You know how the automobile has gone forward in time. So it's cool to be alive in this era to see something cool like that, but also referencing the past and, and seeing how far we've come is pretty cool. Brad, can you imagine the day when they raced that track? And I talked to people before the lights in the stadium was applied, they actually drove by the headlights. I cannot imagine going through the banking of NASCAR three and four with no lights <laughs> going 190. That's insane. <laughs> I, I, it really is. I mean, that's a testimony when, when this uh, guy was come up and started talking about back in that day. And I, I'm like that, how they did it, Brad, I got finally, uh, Kyle's had a little phone problems, but we got Kyle here. Welcome back, Kyle. Hi, Brad. It's Kyle. Thanks again for coming on the Rowdy Maglite Show. Um, first question for you is uh, please talk about your deal with Emerling Gase Motorsports. Uh, you tweeted you were going to run Coda and maybe some other races. Uh, talk a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're doing uh, doing Coda uh, with Weiss and uh, and uh, Apex Coffee, and, and then the other races are kind of just up in the air. We're really... Not sure. Well, once I know, you will know. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, you know, uh, you got some time at Charlotte the other day. Um, I think Rowdy asked you that, but, um, you know, how was that? And, uh, you know, who was, who was helping you get up to speed uh, quickest, uh, Charlotte? Uh, well, I did not drive. I was just there. I was the, the tire and data guy, so I was kind of writing down all of our stuff, making sure that uh, driver feedback was recorded, was talking back with our crew chiefs, uh, Rick Bourgeois and, and uh, Paul Clapperud, just making sure that everything's covered so that we know how to get better when we go back to the mile and a half this year. So we haven't had John in a little while. Um, you know, uh, talk a little bit about how 2022 went. Um you know, you rent, you made your truck debut, you made your Xfinity debut. Um, you know, how, I know, I know you, you've talked about it before on the show, but you know, how was that? And, um, you know, what are you, what are you looking forward to most this season? Um, and I, the, what I'm looking forward to, honestly, is just kind of growing my partnerships. It's just, uh, doing four races and being able to lock that in right now is, is crazy to me. I mean, I've never, never thought I'd be able to to get to this point where I could say yes, but this year I know I'm going to enter this year as an Xfinity Series driver. Um, I just I just want to grow it. I want to be able to grow, and, and I, I lean a lot on people like Ryan Ellis, who's very close to putting together a full season, and it's taken him five, six years, even closer to ten years. It just shows it goes to show how hard it is. Um, we don't really come from money like we did, and 
it's just more of growing our partnerships with the sponsors that we have now and, and trying to see what we can do more to help more people. That's really kind of what it's about. So what's your involvement going to be this season? Um, you're running the race at Coda for Emerling Gase. Um, I, mean, I know you said you're, you're going to, you know, announce it when it comes to fruition, but, um, I mean, what, what else are you looking to do? Um, are you still doing the Rackley War stuff uh, with teams? I mean, what, what else are you going to be looking to do in your off time? Uh, no, I'm just working with uh, Emerlyn Gase. I'll be with them for basically almost all the races. Uh, whenever I'm not racing, I'll be uh, doing everything from spotting to doing tires to data collection. Um, anything that I needed for, I will do. Um, just working with the team and, and getting close to the guys. Um, I'll be at the shop sometimes, but I'll obviously have my day job that I'm doing at BMW Performance Center. Other than that, and uh, I'll be helping the Mullins at Daytona, doing the ARCA race with them. Uh, they have a, a schedule with Brayton Laster that they're doing, and I'll be at a couple of ARCA races helping them out as well. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm just trying to not fill my plate up too much because I already have a lot going on. So my last question for you is um, being up in the spotter stand, um, what, what, what do you learn when you're up there um, and when you do go into the race car, uh, being up there and then, and then going down onto the track? Um, I mean, you're really just kind of, well, this one's kind of different. So I feel like I've, I've never driven a GT3 car. So it was a lot for me to understand exactly what the drivers can see, what they can't see, uh, what it's like when a car is behind you. Uh, and what I learned really is you just cannot see a dang thing behind you at night. I mean, when, when you're going down the back straightaway at Daytona, going into the bus stop, all you see is a set of headlights behind you. You cannot tell what car it is. You cannot tell how far it is. Uh, they really rely on us to, uh, help them determine, all right, well, that's a prototype, and it'll be coming very quick, or it's a GT car, this is your corner, you don't have to worry about it. Um, so definitely uh, we're uh, – I had to learn a lot. I mean, definitely different than NASCAR. NASCAR, I mean, we can't see anything in there even during the daytime. It's just because just all the obstruction, and it's just hard to turn your head, the battle that they're facing. Uh, and it's kind of interesting to kind of compare the two. Brad, uh you know, give give a shout out to guys back at the shop and and your sponsors for your upcoming race. Yeah, just shout out to all, everybody at Emily Gates Motorsports, um, Paul and Rick and Nate, um, Joey, everybody who's over there. Um, thank you for all your hard work. We're, we're obviously going to be working together a lot this season. Uh, Green Tech Energy, Victory Sim, Apex Coffee, uh, White Stand and Clay. I mean, they, that's that's my big four, man. They they've helped me so much my journey over here and, and racing and uh without them like legitimately we just wouldn't even be having this conversation i just i would be flipping burgers somewhere so um i appreciate them and i appreciate everybody who's listening right now the fact that you're even concerned about anything that has to do with my life um definitely is, is important to me and, and i'm grateful that you're listening so thank you for tuning in to the Roddy maglite show right looking forward to seeing you down in daytona my man and uh hey if you like me, I would flip burgers, wash dishes to have the opportunity to drive a race car. It's all worth it to see. And I do that just to be able to go and be part of the race show, <laughs> Brad. I feel you. <laughs> so, hey, we truly appreciate you spending time and, and looking forward to having you. What I'm looking forward to having you in here in Victory Circle with us. Now, thank you for having me on. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Brad. Looking forward to having you back on, friend. All right. Have a good day, y'all. See ya. All right, Kyle. Uh, that's what we did tonight. Show four guests.
Yeah, Rowdy, we had a lot of content tonight, uh, live and taped, so uh, good to spread it out a little bit and uh, get all those guests in tonight. Uh, we did a really good job with that. Yes, sir. So, uh, Monday morning, we're going to do it all over again, Kyle. What's your uh, thoughts? final thoughts for tonight? Well, Rowdy, it was nice having uh, Kate and Honey Cut and Kyle Walker on the show. Uh, good to have both of them. Thanks to both of them and their their respective people for getting us them on. Uh, good to hear from, from Gustine and Brad Perez again. Uh, they were really good this week. Um, next Thursday, 7.05 p.m., ARCA driver Christian Rose is going to call in, uh, 6.05 Central. And then next Thursday, February 16th, 7.05 p.m. Eastern, 6.05 p.m. Central, Greg Van Alst going to call in the uh, Thursday before the Daytona ARCA 200. So looking forward to having them on. And, uh, Rowdy, hopefully we'll get to maybe get to Lincoln here at the end of the month for the icebreaker. Don't know how likely it's going to be, but it's uh, it's definitely possible. So we'll see. Well, Kyle, I'm kind of laying low right here uh, this weekend, getting ready to take off. Be in Daytona on the 15th the plan. It's going to be a uh, busy, busy weekend. Got tickets to give away. Pay attention to the ticket giveaway. You want to go? I've got tickets always to Sunday. I don't have Sunday tickets, but I got Saturday. I got Wednesday through Saturday. Just DM me, and we'll tell you how you can win them. All right, Kyle. Till Monday morning, friend. We'll be talking later. Thanks. Thanks, Roddy. Keep that light shining, Kyle.